Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good as well. We are the Musty Collective, creatives on a journey to better storytelling. Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musty in here. Today, we are going to sum up storytelling in 2021 and talk about some of our fondest memories from this year. So without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome, welcome to episode 122 of the Musty Creative Podcast. <laughs> That's right. Get a deep sniff of the must. Michelle, you have a deep sniff of it yet? Let me, let me try. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's good. You got, that's really good. You got some, got some nose chortle in there. <laughs> chortle. That sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> We are your motivation for better storytelling, and we accomplish that by talking about why storytelling is the most important tool for communication. We bring you stupendous interviews and breakdowns of the hottest stories in the world. Mm. Not the hottest people, the hottest stories. Okay. Stories, they, they be sexy things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sexualizing stories on the podcast, Mercy. Yes, oh my goodness. So as this is our last episode of the year, we will start with Storytelling Trends of 2021. Storytelling Trends of 2021. Female protagonist. That's right. So 2021, as it has been a more reoccurring trend, female protagonists have burst out on the scene here in 2021. We have so many examples, and this is just stuff that we've watched, mm-hmm. right? And there's actually stuff that I could sh- still talk about that you know we didn't get into. There's just no time to watch everything. That's why. There really is. There really is not enough time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of good because that means you can watch a lot, but at the same time, like you have to then find the right people to watch stuff with. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. For mm-hmm. I love to talk about what I've watched with people. Yes. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why I have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we have the Mitchells versus the Machines, Mm -hmm. right? We have the female character there. That was a great film, wonderful Uh film. We also have Arcane. That was also on Netflix. Uh, That was a TV series or a series Uh uh, featuring really two main female protagonists. We also have Raya and the Last Dragon. So, obviously, Raya's in the name. Raya's the female protagonist. And... The dragon was a female protagonist in in a way, too, right? So it it was very interesting. Then we have The Last Duel, which didn't... I would say the female protagonist wasn't... Like, there was, like, three main characters, but she was obviously, like, at the center of it all. Yes. Then you have The Eternals, Mm -hmm. which turned out to be a female protagonist. Yeah. I didn't see that. The marketing was kind of tricking us a little bit yeah but i actually appreciate that it didn't give away the story for me because mm-hmm. i did not see that coming and then cruella don't want to forget about cruella yes 
Yeah, that was pretty was cool. Was she she was the protagonist? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it she was, was just kind of flipped though. She was she was she's definitely an anti hero, but she's still the protagonist yeah. of the story. Yeah. Then uh Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Right? Emily Blunt. Yeah, even though The Rock is heavily featured, it's really Emily Blunt's film. Mm-hmm. And then we have Moxie. I just put that in here just oh, yeah, yeah. because we did watch it. And I think we did create it. We did have a podcast episode about Moxie. Yeah, that was all about female protagonists. Yeah, definitely female empowerment. That was, I think, produced and directed or at least directed mm-hmm. by Parks and Rec Lady. Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Yeah. And um, also just mentioning within these female protagonists, there were also LGBTQ yeah. plus Yes. characters within this so that is true that is heavily true yeah our arcane featured that mm-hmm. Corella could could be that mitchell's versus the machine mitchell's versus machines for sure and moxie for sure mm-hmm. so let's go to our resident female expert <laughs> michelle what did you think about <laughs> these storytelling trends did you feel represented in any of the characters that you watched on film or on on the screen mm-hmm. what did you think um i did Actually, I think the out of all of these, the ones that I related to the most were Moxie and Mitchell's versus the machines. I know that story's like really crazy, but just the Which fact, one's crazy? Moxie or Mitchell's? Mitchell's. Oh, okay, for sure. But because it was about like this female filmmaker, um, and just her being like goofy and crazy with her films and stuff. True, I that I true. really related to that like heavily, like just making crazy goofy homemade movies oh, yeah. and then wanting to go to film school and all that stuff. So those were the ones that I related to the most, I think. No, that's awesome. But yeah, I think they did um they did a good job. They they're starting to show more dimensions to female characters, which is nice. It's not just like the usual stereotypical females. Um, so they're getting deeper into like, yeah, females can feel things that males feel sometimes. <laughs> and, oh, like what? <laughs> like just regular emotions and like deeper emotions. You, not you mean like, from a character development standpoint? Yeah, because they make it all like about romance all the time with women. And a lot of these had nothing to do with romance. It was yeah, about um, yeah, just true. them living their lives and doing things that were... Um, Against the grain. Yeah, against the grain, above and beyond. Yes. Um, just showing their full potential as females. So I thought that was really cool. Definitely. And there there was still room for some romantic storytelling yeah. as well. Like the Eternals for sure. Yeah. Jungle Cruise for sure. Moxie had an element of that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like the the main. The core thing. Story. Line. Yeah, that's true. The main plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I And for me, you know, I am not. A resident female expert, <laughs> but I I still enjoyed these films. Had a lot of fun watching them, mm-hmm. and I can still relate to the female protagonists. Like to me, I actually related a lot to Raya in the in, in Raya and the Last Dragon for me personally. And I I don't I didn't relate to Emily Blunt's character in Jungle Cruise, mm-hmm. but I like I said before on our podcast, that was probably my, like my favorite Emily Blunt character, mm-hmm. and I. Totally do not do not want to see another Indiana Jones movie. I say just keep making Jungle Cruise films. Yeah. For me personally. <clears throat> and then we have gaming. Yes, in gaming we don't have a lot of uh, you know examples here. Obviously, gaming has a lot of great stories. Just a quick update for all of you for those who have listened to this podcast 
for a very long time and you know some of our early day podcasts, I actually did finish Red Dead Redemption 2, the main storyline. I need to finish epilogue, yeah. but I finished the main storyline. So if you want to go back to like some of the, like I think within the first 10 episodes. Like, yeah, that was super early. Super early in the podcast. And so I'm, I'm still like getting blown away by the storytelling that's coming out of interactive media in mm-hmm. general. There are some really great indie games that I still need to go out and play. But just to highlight one of them, it's not one of my examples because I haven't played it yet, but 12 Minutes. And so oh, yeah. that that game, just look it up on Steam or Google it. You can look at the trailer. Mm-hmm. That's, that game looks like it's, it's doing new things with mm-hmm. storytelling within gaming that have never been done before. Yeah. But the two examples I have here are Arcane from the League of Legends lore, which is from Riot. So this is a video game, a traditional video game company really stepping out into storytelling and narrative-driven content mm-hmm. and and just hitting it out of the park. Yeah. Like, destroying the park. <laughs> you know? It's crazy because, to me, the two best pieces of storytelling I looked at this year um, from a from a visual standpoint mm-hmm. were Invincible on Amazon Prime, which I don't even have this even listed, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Invincible was just crazy good. Yeah. But even better is Netflix is our king. And that to me is like the best piece of storytelling out of like books, mm-hmm. film, television in 2021. Like it's just so, so good. It's like parasite levels of good. Wow. For me. Yeah, you've been raving about it. Yeah. The other video game is It Takes Two, which we're almost done finishing. Yes. We just got to spend some time mm-hmm. to finish it. It's been really fun though. Yeah. It's, the way that they set up the puzzles and they really, it really is a collaborative game. Like, you cannot play this by yourself. Um, the world that they built, the st- and then you actually care about the characters and the story. Yes. And what's going to happen. Didn't and, it just win the, an award, too? It won Game of the Year game at the, the Game year. of Awards. Mm-hmm. So it takes two Haze Life Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph, I forget his last name, is. The name, the first name of the creative director on this game. Mm-hmm. So props to that studio. Yes, y'all doing great and amazing things, and we know you're listening to us. So <laughs> come on the podcast. <laughs> come on down. Come on down. No, but yeah, it takes two storytelling wise. There's some. I don't want to spoil it, but there's some crazy stuff in the story mm-hmm. that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next storytelling trend. But yeah, I just want to mention just quick thing before we move on to our next trend. Mm-hmm. Just the fact. I just want to mention gaming because I think in the next five years, it's going to get even bigger. Hmm. It's already been announced, and I there's a, like a trailer going around Hollywood that has been made public. Or no, there is a trailer already out, actually, for Halo. Uh, finally, the Halo TV series is coming out. Because mm-hmm. for years, they've been talking about doing a movie, and then it was supposed to be Steven Spielberg, and then it was supposed to be like, you know, the guy who did Lord of the Rings and yeah. a bunch of people. Now they finally honed it down. It's going to be a TV series. It's going to be streaming. I don't know where. I think Paramount Plus will will get it hmm. next year. I think next September. Okay. So I think in the next five years, we're going to keep seeing this as a trend. I think Arcane, more than anything else, has blown the door wide open for gaming to say, okay, we have a lot of great IPs here, intellectual properties, mm-hmm. and we have huge fan bases. Let's make some great games. Mm-hmm. Now, I you know also, I think before Arcane... I want to just give some props to Sonic, the movie, 
for paving the way for yeah. some decent movie storytelling for mm-hmm. it within gaming. And I do think we're also going to see. I hope we see something positive come out of the Mario movie that was announced this year. <laughs> I really do. I do. Yeah, I hope it's good. I want it to be good. Yeah, and also give props even before Sonic, the uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting to hear on the sequel for that. We deserve another oh, movie, yeah. or just another Pokemon live action movie. Yeah. So let's let's get that going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, gaming. There is huge trends in there, mm-hmm. and as a lifelong gamer. I know this. You know this. Yes. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> we know this. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just let's just keep seeing it happen. Okay. Next trending storytelling topic is people of color protagonists. Yeah. So, this is obviously great to see. Mhm. And more relatable characters in here, female and male characters, loving to see it. Yes. <laughs> um so the first film is in Canto which was um, a Colombian family. And I I think that they did a really great job um, sharing the culture of Colombia and the music styles and um, just making it very authentic. I mean, I'm not Colombian, so you'd have to ask a Colombian, like, was this authentic? Well, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't want to give Disney credit too much for the yeah. authentic authenticity because I'm I'm hearing, as you heard in our previous podcast, from you know people from that area or close closer to that area mm-hmm. that they they didn't feel like it was good enough. So hmm. I don't want to give them props on the authenticity, but I want to give Disney props for just doing it at least. Yeah. Right, because they could have honestly made that into a European castle family. Mm-hmm. They chose a person of color. They got people of color behind the camera. Mm-hmm. They need to get a little bit more behind the camera, I think. But also Lin Manuel Miranda with his singing, bringing on the musical collaboration of you know actual Colombian musical artists on board for the soundtrack was great Mm -hmm. so yeah love mirabelle love her story yeah love the whole family madrigal story it was really great Mm -hmm. and then we have maya and the three which is aztec um yeah mexican aztec culture yeah and we actually still need to finish this (laughs) yes so i'm not gonna say any any more we've only watched the first two episodes Mm -hmm. they're a lot longer than i thought they'd be yeah so which is actually pretty cool the art style though is you know Jorge Gutierrez just book of life amazing stuff, but it it feels like his art style in this in this series in Maya and the Three is like so infused. It's like everything he's ever wanted to do from an art standpoint. Mm-hmm. The way the characters are shaped, their noses, um, their muscles, all their body parts. It's just <laughs> really a unique style that we have never I've, I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, in this medium. Mm-hmm. So, again, just props to Netflix. Yo, Netflix, if you want to sponsor this podcast, (laughs) all you have to do is ask. We talk about you, like, all the time. We do. (laughs) Come on. Come on, Netflix. Then we have The Eternals, which was kind of like a Captain Planet kind of situation going on with everybody. (laughs) Yeah, they had from all corners of the globe. (laughs) Yeah, which which is cool. And I think here was great. And we'll talk about Raya. Well, we've already talked about Raya a little bit earlier. But obviously with Eternals, a lot of great, and, and you know, and Shang-Chi. How could I forget Shang-Chi? Mm-hmm. A lot of great Asian 
representation. Yes. Right? And there has been Asian male representation. I think we still have to break the stereotype of Asian male representation, meaning that they have to know some kind of martial art. Mm. I don't, you know, Shang-Chi kind of continued yeah. to push that forward. But I do think with Eternals, with their main character in there, I think that was a great moving forward just to show female Asian protagonists mm-hmm. and and their arcs and what they care about and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So, and honestly, too, it wasn't like a, you know, some people like a quote-unquote woke film or anything. It was just, you had, it ended up being that she was the main character and she did a great job. Yeah. And it Gemma was, Chan. Gemma Chan, yeah. It was really fun. And her ability and the third act, man, the third act is so good. Mm-hmm. So, that was really cool to see. Yeah, because usually, uh, Female minorities get the low end of the stick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. They're usually like sexualized, they're like sexual objects. Yeah. So it's really cool. Like, it's, it feels new to, it is new to see stories about those types of females. So it's really awesome. Yeah, definitely. Then you got Fatherhood with Kevin Hart. Yes, I did a whole podcast by myself on that. Yes. You can go check that out um, this past summer. But I, I'm not a father, but I just related to Kevin Hart's struggle. Mm-hmm. And it was just such an emotional film uh, for me, just watching him go through that. To, yeah. to lose his wife and to have to raise his daughter on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Hart really did a great job. I don't think he's going to get an Oscar for it. <laughs> but And he has another show on Netflix that's actually doing really well, too. So, uh-huh. But check out Fatherhood. His relationship with his daughter was just so cute, so amazing. Mm-hmm. Really great film. Yeah. And then we have um, The Harder They Fall. I have not seen this, but you saw it. I watched it, and it is amazing. It is an Oscar contender. Go mm-hmm. and watch this film. Like, The Last Duel, The Harder They Fall are definitely, in my opinion, Oscar contenders for Best Picture, Best Director. Mm-hmm. I definitely think I would probably give Best Picture to, to The Last Duel. Mm-hmm. But I would give best direction to The Harder They Fall. Hmm. I thought there's there was a lot of... When you have a huge cast of brilliant actors and just making sure everyone coincides together and you have to tell a really fun action Western movie, mm-hmm. then the different shots that were taken, the cinematography of it all, just oh, so good. Yeah. So good. And then we have The Gilded Ones, which is a book by Namina Forna. Yeah, we read books, (laughs) y'all. We read. (laughs) We read books. Yeah, so I I mean, I didn't read this one, though. (laughs) We listened to it. (laughs) Yeah, I listened to the the audio book. Yes. So. Still counts. Yeah. And definitely go listen to it. Because honestly, like, the world building in this this story is super strong. Mm -hmm. So. Like, knowing how to pronounce the names, I just love... I'm really big, a big stickler for that. Mm-hmm. And so I would watch... I still need to put up my own video review of, of The Gilded Ones personally. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. And watching video reviews of other people's... Uh, of other YouTube channels, mm-hmm. they were pronouncing the names incorrectly because I think most of them read the book. Oh. And I love audiobooks because, like, with Dune, the same thing. I get the proper pronunciation so yeah uh love this story you have a character named deka Mm -hmm. and her i i really could relate to her struggle in the story from uh many points of view 
but you got to just go explore the kingdom of Oterra for yourself. Check this out. The second book is coming out next month. So if you want to get on the, on a new series that's really fresh, has a really strong take mm -hmm. on a lot of things, but still tells a wonderful story with great wor world building that keeps you guessing to the very end, definitely check out The Guild Ones. Mm. trend it's not i guess not really a trend but it's a trend i want to see <laughs> stories that push us into uniting together even though we're different from each other and i i just remembered another story i want to put in here because i forgot to mention it before but i want to put in here luca mm. luca had that as well with the sea you know quote-unquote sea monsters and the village human people yeah finally getting along and not hiding Mm -hmm. and not being scared of each other yeah so that was great and i think obviously you can you can take that to our life our life now in 2021 in society of hey let's not fear each other let's not you know fear monger let's not push hate let's push love mm -hmm. and i thought luca did a great job of that but the the film i did put down here was raya and the last dragon i know that this film is is complicated for people in the sense of like if they think it's a good film. But I just I I implore you, as far as like animated feature films this year, I implore you to find a better third act. I implore you. Go find a better third act. Hmm. I don't think there's one this year hmm. for animated feature films. It was just too good. Like that ending scene, and again, you can go and watch if you haven't seen it. Go listen to our podcast. We go really in-depth about the third act scene. But the way that you that Raya comes to the very end gives up the opportunity to succeed mm -hmm. to her enemy. Yes. And is able to, through that, save the whole world. Mm-hmm. Is still, like, so powerful yeah so so powerful mm -hmm. and that her example of kind of trusting her enemy also spread to her team so that they could also for that moment trust her mm -hmm. wow wow yeah it's really powerful really really powerful so i know a lot of people probably disagree with me on that but i again find me a better third act mm-hmm from uh, an animation standpoint, because you don't find anything more beautiful. Yeah. That action, that action scene, that final battle between Raya and her and her antagonist, that sword battle. Mm -hmm. Where are you gonna find that? Yeah. The music that swells your heart, and makes <laughs> you emotional, makes you want to cry. And then the dragons. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> You're not gonna find anything better. I'll just be for real. You can email the podcast. You want to come on the show and argue with me about it. <laughs> You can, but I, I've, in 2021, find me a better third act. I don't think you can. I'm, I'm just yeah. being real with you. Uh, all right. Strong class structure themes. Squid Game. Squid Game. So, I mean, the year before, two years before, it was Parasite. Yes. When they destroy the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And it's continuing to build on this idea that there's something wrong with the current 
capitalistic structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also did a podcast this year with a guest host, Mariano, about Judas and the Black Messiah, which yeah. also had uh, those kind of themes involved in that story as well. Mm-hmm. So especially after going through 2020 and we're still feeling the effects of 2020 in 2021, you know, the fact that there are so many people struggling financially in this world because the system, in my opinion, is broken. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's it's not broken in the sense of making rich people rich. It's doing what it's do. It's supposed do it, to do. It's doing what it's supposed to do. But it's not but good if, for everybody. If our goal is for everybody to succeed, then the system is broken. Yes. So, or it's just not fit. We need to make a new system. Mm-hmm. And so Squid Game, to me, the fact that people... And then the fact that you had these joke parodies on YouTube and then kind of real parodies, too. There's that one YouTuber who, like, literally had... Like, he got a bunch of college students and said, hey, I'll give you, like... A couple hundred thousand dollars if you participate in my games. Hmm. And obviously no one was killed <laughs> because of it. But the fact that so many people are willing to do this, mm-hmm. even in real life, like and it doesn't seem out of out of like like it doesn't seem out of left field for mm-hmm. a type of story like this to happen. Yeah. Tells you something. Yeah. It tells you something. Mm-hmm. And then there's um the films that are made purely for entertainment purposes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just want to give a preface here again. A lot of people have com- been complaining. I don't think it's really as bad as some people make it out to be. But they make it out to be like Hollywood is trying to force down or the whatever. The media is trying to force down these these certain political things mm-hmm. that just make movies unfun. And I'm just like, well, if you go back and watch certain types of movies in the mm-hmm. past, like... Schindler's List is heavily political. Mm-hmm. It's just we all agree with the politics in it. Yeah. Right? If you look at Star Wars, Star Wars is heavily political. And in a way, it's kind of counterintuitive to now the imper- the American imperialistic ways that we have now. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it encourages revolution. Yeah. And rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, anyways, but I put this category out here because it's still a trend for movies to be made just for the sake of having fun. Mm-hmm. And... Not really caring about, you know, representation per se. I'm not saying it has to not have representation, but it's not the main focus. Mm-hmm. Not really worried about, you know, any social justice issues of any kind. And again, if people think that this, you know, that the media is going to be nothing but the social justice, quote unquote, movies, mm-hmm. you're wrong. Because there's I have a good list already of three movies here. There's more movies you can you can put in this list. So, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. What are, what are the movies, Michelle? So, we have Red Notice, The Harder They Fall, and Free Guy. Yep. Two of them are Ryan Reynolds films. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is just owning this market. Mm-hmm. I, I would... I, I I didn't really like the film, per se. But, Which one? But I would say another film that kind of does this, too, would be... I would say Nobody's one of those type of films as well. Mm-hmm. Two of these films, Red Notice and Free Guy, are from Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But I also put in here the harder they fall because there's no like real speech or like hearsay about this inequality and that inequality or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It's just a good darn Western. It just happens to have mainly a whole black cast. Yeah. If that if that triggers people, I mean, then you got to check yourself. But I think that's the point. Like not every 
film starring a black person needs to be them talking about inequality. Yes. It it's like if you just have a black cast doing a western and normalizing that, that's good. Yes. It's not immediately sending a message cuz yeah. I didn't feel like, oh yeah, man, yo. Ah, that's that spoke to me. It's like subconsciously sending a message. I would say. Yeah, but it's not like again, if you just watch it for what it is, it's purely entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's a really good western. about was Marvel Disney Plus shows. Are they good or bad for storytelling? Yeah, and this is our this is our last trend of uh, 2021, but obviously this year there were four Marvel shows released. Well, mm-hmm. five if you count What If, but four live action shows. Mm-hmm. You, you had WandaVision, you had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you had Loki, and now we have Hawkeye at the end mm-hmm. of the year. So that's pretty big. Yes. That's pretty big. And and there was also, I think, two Star Wars shows released as well. Mm-hmm. A third one's coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. Or it's already... Yeah, it's going to start its episodes this week, I think, in, in the Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett. So mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. But I just want to focus on the Marvel thing. Do you think it's a good or bad thing? For, <sighs> for the storytelling world. Not, not I wouldn't say industry, for the world. Not for people who aren't Marvel fans. Yeah, that's true. Um, like, diehard Marvel fans. I would say it's it's interesting because there's so much of it that it's like, it's are, you, are you um, yeah. kind of going to reach this point where you can't go any further with the stories because then it starts to... Um, Dick, not what's the word? It's it's Starts going to, to not overlap because it it already overlaps, but just it's going to start. Uh, what's the word? Contradicting. It's going to start contradicting itself because it's trying to create all these different storylines. And how do you keep up with all the storylines and all the facts within those stories? And then make that true through all of these films and movies. Well, you kind of already seen it with the Marvel films and the Marvel shows, mm-hmm. with Loki really having a huge impact, in my opinion, on the on the world, the MCU world mm-hmm. and timeline, <clears throat> and that affecting. And and then you see a movie like Eternals, which, in my opinion, kind of breaks a lot of the MCU lore. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to clean that up in the yeah. future. So, yeah, I, I think contradiction is a big deal that's going to happen. I Like I've said before, I do think I wanted, I really wanted a 10-year break after Endgame. A 10-year? 10-year break. <laughs> Give us time to breathe. Time to soak it in. Yeah. There's not even, like, there's not even time to, like, go back and rewatch all the films because you, you have so much new Marvel content in the first place that mm-hmm. there's just no time for it. Yeah. So, I, I would, I think it's... I think it's bad for storytelling. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not saying don't watch these things. The shows themselves aren't bad. No. But I do think we're reaching a point as human society that there's there's so much content to watch Mm -hmm. that 
is there any time to produce or create or innovate new things? Yeah. Like our minds are so inundated mm-hmm. with all of this content, all this, you know, some of the good storytelling, a lot of it's bad storytelling, <laughs> that do we have time to then focus and di- divert our attention to innovative, creative, produ- producive projects, mm-hmm. right? To then add our own footprint. Yeah. Into the story. And this is a larger topic, but it kind of makes me think that there is now even becoming a more larger effect, even though there's a democratization of technology allowing new storytellers to get involved. But sometimes it feels like we're creating a new class structure of the the storytelling elite versus the, the non-elite class. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, it's the people who have the time um, and also obviously are getting paid to tell new stories that instruct us as a world and those who are not elite because we're so we're taking up so much time to to eat up their content as it were Mm -hmm. that we're too full ourselves to even produce anything of quality then it creates this this power dynamic where the storytellers are telling us and instructing us on what to do and we are kind of just taking it all in Mm -hmm. and there's not this sense of like you know more voices getting into the pot. Yeah. More of a selective process. Like, Even though yeah. you're we're getting <clears throat> we're getting the we're getting the char- the charade of oh but there's a democratization of technology. There's a lot more access. Mm-hmm. But again, only certain stories make it to the top. Yeah. Right? So that's yeah. a larger conversation. But yeah, you have to like fit into the Marvel cookie cutter to like be accepted kind of but well, not just Marvel. I'm just saying in, yeah. in general, but yeah. So where do we go from here? What yeah. kinds of stories need to be told in 2022? What stories are possible and what stories are not possible? Yeah. So I guess we'll kind of go this a little more quickly. But the kinds of stories that need to be told in 2022, I think we need more realistic historical narratives. Mm-hmm. that are told to us. I think what we got in 2020 slash 2021 with Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. And there was another film. Trial of the Chicago Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix. Those, unfortunately, we didn't really get a lot of that stuff. We also had Just Mercy come out in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, we didn't get a lot of that in 2021. I, I don't know if it's because maybe people are tired and they feel like this is enough. You know, I also do think studios weren't marketing these films. Like, I think The Last Duel was kind of one of those films, mm-hmm. but not everyone, not not a lot of people went to go see it, which is very yeah. unfortunate <laughs> because it is a great film. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to see that trend pick up. I know that becomes like a point of contention for people because they say they want to go in and just have the pure entertainment mm-hmm. and not be told that they're doing something wrong. Yeah, or here's something in the past that we need to be that we need to repent of. Mm-hmm. But storytelling is so powerful. And that's that's the one thing I would say that's counter to my argument. When you have these stories, you're not just like eating popcorn and just shoving the content in your brain. You have mm-hmm. to stop and think. Yeah. Right? You, you don't come out of these movies unchanged. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we need more of this kind of stuff. Yeah. If we're going to create real, powerful, loving change in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think... Um, I agree with that. I think... You do need those stories. Um, I think stories that would not be possible 
in 2022. Not that they're not gonna happen, but um, just like more of the older cliche, stereotypical stories. There's yeah. probably gonna be some out there, but I think mainstream everyone, I, and I appreciate that everyone's like <clears throat> leaning more towards like diversity and inclusion and um, stories that are talking about issues that are not resolved in society, which is, I mean, films have been doing that for a long time, but I think um, everyone's a lot more aware of it now, and that's going to be, like, the driving force in storytelling, I think, for this next year. Um, so I think just um, stuff that is misogynistic Yes. It's not going to be possible. Yes. Or it won't get the funding and it'll be a very B-rated, like, low But You, you <laughs> know what? There, there, there's a niche out there of people that may want these films, so they just fund them on their own on Indiegogo. Yeah. You know. but, no, yeah. yeah. Like, not like the mainstream stuff. So I think stuff like that, like, definitely stuff that um, is racist and misogynistic and um, anti LGBTQ type mm, stuff. Yeah. Um, I think all of that is starting to fade away, which is awesome because that's all based in hate and yeah. we do not need any more of that. True. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that's what's going to happen and that's what's going to be the driving force in 2022. For sure. I think to add on top of that, I'm not saying his movies are all of that, but they're definitely misogynistic to a certain degree. But... I think what we're like what what stories are not possible in twenty twenty two, definitely are Polly Shore films. <laughs> I, and I I, I oh, actually Polly Shore. I like to go back every once in a while and maybe watch a few of those films because they're so crazy <laughs> and he's such a character, but they're yeah. they're we're not gonna get those kind of films anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that those are definitely stories that are not possible. But in that same line of thinking, what is possible? is Brendan Fraser. He is making a comeback. We'll see what happens with him. Mm -hmm. uh, he was definitely my... He was my Harrison Ford as a kid, personally. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see him make an, an awesome comeback. Mm -hmm. Stories that are possible, though, I like to go back to Free Guy. I think Free Guy is an amazing example of taking the fun films of the 90s and 80s mm -hmm. and giving them, like, a modern makeover. Yeah. I think if we can get more films like that, because obviously the technology and the new types of sci-fi that we can add into these stories mm -hmm. that can kind of give us new ideas about what are the possibilities for the types of protagonists we can have. Mm -hmm. Man, I just love Free Guy because Free Guy was essentially what Ready Player One should have been. Yeah. And I hope Steven Spielberg took notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know that sounds disrespectful, but Ryan Reynolds did a great job with Free Guy. Mm -hmm. And... That's those are those are the answers for those questions. Mm -hmm. So we're just gonna do a quick guest wrap up. We had a lot of awesome guests this year. Yes. And if you want to listen to all the episodes, they're all free. You can check them out right now. But we just want to thank these people, and also all of our previous guests. You know, and big shout out to the AB family. Mm -hmm. If you're all still listening, we still we really appreciate you, and we thank you for being on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for all our guests. And but this year we just want to. Just want to thank these people, Chantal Great Gabriel, episode 110. Please check out her podcast. Go support her. Uh, she's doing amazing work. She's working at at Power, uh, an animation studio in Texas now. So she's doing awesome. 
Uh, check out uh, Robert James Ash's episode 109. Uh, Michelle interviews him. Mm-hmm. He he was he was he's a he's still an amazing editor mm-hmm. who's worked with Conan for many years. Yeah, he's he actually moved on to the new Beavis and Butthead project. Oh, so he's gonna be editing that. Talk about things that are 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 from the old. Yes, <laughs> well, dang, that's interesting. But you know, I think with shows like Big Mouth, I think Beavis and Butthead still has a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Heather. Thompson Day, uh, episode 103. Mm-hmm. Great episode. For, just to encourage you, inspire you, motivate you. Yeah. Check out her work. Follow her on Twitter. And also IG. Vita Cruz, episode 114. That was also a really fun time. I got to interview her. My first interview with someone in the games industry. Mm-hmm. Check out that, that interview. Her story is amazing. Matthew Scarpa, episode 107. And, you know, we got to talk about his evolution as a screenwriter uh, and he's continuing to pitch his story that we discussed on the podcast. So props to, to Matt. Really appreciate him. Then there's Rebecca Warren Crane, episode 95. Uh, again, check out her project. I think it's still going. She's telling stories about her neighbors mm-hmm. in a very interesting way. Yes. So, again, kind of uniting themes, actually. Bringing people together who mm-hmm. usually wouldn't be talking really good stuff. Now, for a funny episode, <laughs> The Skit Guys, episode 101. That was really fun. Yes. That was really fun. They're great guests. They have a movie coming out. We don't know when, mm-hmm. but we're going to, you know, we want to watch it and, and talk about it on, on, the, yeah. on the podcast when we get a chance. And maybe we can have them back to talk. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Paul McCusker and Phil Lawler. This was awesome. Episodes 88, 89. Mm-hmm. Adventures in Odyssey. Childhood heroes. Childhood heroes. That was really <laughs> fun. I actually do want to talk to them again. Mm-hmm. Then we have Bianca Dovaro and Christopher Rohrbeck from episode 100. Our 100th episode was them. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really and great meeting They're them. just great people, and they have a really awesome-looking film coming out. Yes. So The Voice Said Joan. The Voice Said Joan. You can check them on Instagram and see the clip that they posted. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Then And then our, our guests as well, Micah Clayton and Trinity Points, episode 116. Mm-hmm. Check out their books, their poetry. They were really fun having the podcast. We just... Man, we had some great guests this year. Yeah. It makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. And thank you to our Patreon supporter, Megan, our Patreon producer, mm-hmm. for making the show happen. For all the people who support us, thank you. We appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Are you asking me? Yes. Well, there's so many things. (laughs) But I'm really. All the things. All the things. I'm really excited. I'm obviously, I'm probably missing some things. I obviously talked about Halo. Uh, As long as it's good, I just hope it's good. I hope Mm -hmm. it's great. I hope it's amazing. But I do have a list of four here Lightyear from Pixar. Yes. That trailer. Whoo! There's a star, man. Like, (sighs) the emotions. (laughs) Cobra Kai, season four. Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. I just hope you don't lose your mind this time. I'm going to lose. Like, if it if it ends like season two, I'm like, whew, mercy. Um, 
Yeah. Stranger Things. Stranger Things season, season four. four. I've been waiting so long. Yeah. So, but I, I think it's gonna be worth it though. I oh I I think so. I I definitely think so. The Chosen season three. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm excited for that. They're almost done with funding, so if you want to go support that project? Go support right now. Yep. And yeah, I can't wait for season three because it's just getting more and more. Like there's more and more conflict. Yes. It's it's getting like. You know, clench your butt cheeks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, there's so many, there's so many new things, so many new things, so many awesome things, and really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, in in the second Spider Verse film is coming out. Yes. Next year. Wow. I mean, so much. So much. So much. And uh, take a quick section here, Michelle. What's been going on with your creative project, Illusory? You want to update our podcast family? Sure. Illusory is finished. Woo! 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 woo. Finally, woo. it's been a long time. Yes. If you want to see a special screening, let us know. We're gonna do a screening for our Patreon uh, community. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be on that, sign up for Patreon, and we'll do a screening all together. And you can talk and ask Michelle questions about the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but there was something else that happened with Illusory. Illusory. Just recently won the Liftoff Global Network First Time Filmmaker Sessions. Yes. Which means that the film is going to be played at Pinewood Studios, which is the studio that um, helped make 007 and Harry Potter and Star Wars. And Star Wars. Let's just, we didn't need all the rest of them. <laughs> it made Star Wars, y'all. Jurassic World, all no, that no, stuff. No, 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 no. We, we don't need to mention any of the other okay. films. It made Star Wars. But anyway, I'm really excited about it. Hopefully, if everything works out well, I can actually fly to the UK and um, watch my film at Pinewood Studios. Yeah, that That's going to be, be really cool. Amazing. Hey, up top. Thank High you. five to you. And what about you? What about Fat Roll? So Fat Roll is at Code Complete. So Woo. get ready to, to roll a fat cat <laughs> in a beautiful world. We'll have our artists on to talk about the, the making of this game mm-hmm. in uh, in 2022. So definitely support the podcast if you want to you know, you know, hear about that process. Yeah. Definitely I'm going to make some videos explaining game development, to talk about our storytelling, uh, we'd love to have our voice actor on who did the narration yeah, for the game. Yeah, that would be so cool. He has a wonderful, beautiful voice. And yeah, the game's almost done. Mm-hmm. We're almost there. So we're just waiting for a couple more things mm-hmm. to get added in. We'll publish. Uh, we'll definitely be on iOS. And we'll definitely later on be on Android, uh, the Google Play Store. So awesome. Super excited for that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of upcoming creative projects, um, I have a friend a longtime friend um, who has really been wanting to find his niche in the world in general and in entertainment. Yes, and so this is true. Um, he recently decided that he wanted to start a podcast too. Right. So um, we are going to actually feature a very short segment of one of his podcast episodes, and you can. Take a listen? I don't know. That sounds weird. Yeah, just continue listening. Let us know what you think. (laughs) Get back to us if you like our friend's podcast. Yeah. So without further ado, here's a short segment from Quimby. (laughs) 
I'm sorry to end the podcast on such a um on such a rough note, but it's it's just it. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Quimby. Please. Okay. Um, I think I need to take a little break. Um, so, I, I guess so. I will see you next time, you guys. Um, if you, if you want to hear more, um, we will be marketing where and, and when you can hear more of my stories. Um, I love you all and I hope you have a happy new year and holiday time. Um, regardless of your religious affiliations. And, um, I will see you next time. Bye! All right, well, we hoped you enjoyed that short segment of Quimby. Again, let us know what you thought and if you want to hear more in 2022. And that's our last episode of this year. Wow, what an amazing time to be alive, to see and read so many intriguing and thought-provoking stories in the world. Stories that kindle love in our hearts from many perspectives. And stories from us and you, our wonderful, musty collective. And if you want to be featured as a guest on our show, you can email us at themustycreative at gmail.com and tell us your story. And a big thanks to our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast possible. If you want to become a financial supporter of the show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mustycreative and help us make the show even better. That's right. Episode 122. Last episode of 2021. We will be back in 2022. Maybe we'll be talking about Cobra Kai 4. I don't know. We'll be talking about a lot of stuff. Can't wait to break some stories down with you and to talk about how we can create stories akin to love in the hearts of humankind. That's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now it's time to shower up. Give them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.